Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode on Alat Podcast, powered by Kabul Group. Here, we share insight on African language tools. Stay tuned as we dive in. Thank you so much, Mr. Sigusiso Biela. I hope I have well pronounced your name. It's a pleasure to have you here with us. Here is Christian Elonge, the Managing Director of Kabul Language Services, and we are we are about to engage in this very interesting conversation, I believe, about your journey through your podcast. And we would like to know more about what has inspired you to start it off, what has led, you know, what are some of the milestones that you have achieved so far, and what are your expectations or ambitions for the future. So again, thank you so much, Mr. Silusi. So could you kindly introduce yourself, please, for our auditors? Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Christian, for having me um, on the show. Uh, as you so well pronounced, uh, my name is Silvus Isoviela. I am a uh, science communicator uh, most of the time. Um, I'm also a science writer and I've been a science journalist um, and a science writer since 2011, I think, um, and officially have worked as a science communicator since 2015, 2016. Uh, so my experience here in South Africa has been uh, just working with um, researchers, uh, universities and other research institutions um, in efforts to try to um, improve access um, of knowledge, um, access to the research that these institutions do. Um, and some of the work that I've been doing in the last few years uh, has been focused uh, specifically on increasing access of this knowledge and research uh, produced by these institutions, um, increase that access to be in um, African languages as well. Um, uh, specifically, I've worked in trying to create um, tools and other resources um, around translating um, scientific concepts um, and texts into Isizulu, my home language uh, here in South Africa. And one of those projects has been a podcast uh, that I've uh, started with um, a co-host friend of mine um, and two other producers um, from uh, All Ears podcasts and also uh, Cybri, uh Science News website. So um, we've had a few episodes out and there's been a lot of positive um, um, reaction um, from listeners and other interested people. So yeah, that's the work that I've been busy with um, in a nutshell. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Of course, uh, with the first time I discovered your podcast, Iluku Luku, one of the first things that came to mind was, what does this mean? And we believe that many of our auditors will also have, you know, the same question. What has led you to choose this uh, title and what, you know, what is behind that? Please? What inspired you? Please? Okay, so... Um... The reason we wanted to start that this podcast is that um, we've seen that there's a there's, there's there's a lot of interest in science um, from um, English language communities in the country, but there are there isn't much material available for them, right? Um, and 
Um, and also on a, on a personal note, just thinking of myself and how I learned um, science at a young age, um, that I had to learn English first in order to learn about science and all the interesting things that I already found interesting about the world. Um, and then I realized that um, as I grew older, went to high school and other institutions, I realized that um, there's a big um, connection between someone's understanding of science and their proficiency in English. And uh, I was likely to be quite proficient in English, um, hence my understanding of science as well. And I, I thought it was unfair that you had to be quite proficient in English in order to understand science, uh, since science is so universal. So coming from that curiosity I had about the world, uh, we decided to name the podcast Curiosity um, in Isizulu, which Ilugulu was one of the terms um, that stands for, um, that can be directly translated to curiosity. But it also means um, vim or passion. Um, so it's, it's just, it's, it's a very good description of what we're trying to do with the podcast that, uh, there's a lot of, uh, passion that goes into the project, um, talking about the science and also the curiosity of wanting to find out more about the world through science. So that's, that's where the, the term comes from. Mm. Passion and curiosity. Then, yes. you know, we will be curious you know, to know what has been your reception so far. How was the response of the of your audience, of the public, the South African audience, you know, is it, you know, a large audience that you are covering, you know, and what are some of the feedback that you have received so far since you started? Okay, so um, at the beginning, uh, when we started the podcast, uh, even before we released any episodes, um, the feedback that we would get when we were telling people that we were doing this work would come from other professionals in the science communication and translation space, people who are quite interested in it, even non-Zulu speakers, uh, but people who are just interested in the idea, thinking that it's an amazing idea. Um, and then um, my co-host and I, Namasigam um, Somi, we we had this idea um, that we started a long time ago. We would release sometimes a couple of clips here and there, just talking about science and the reception that we would get from people. And the audience feedback that we would get is we would suggest a topic that we wanted to talk about, and then we would uh, put it out there to people on Facebook um, and Twitter, asking them, um, asking Zulu speakers what they think a dinosaur is in Isizulu, um, or asking them about different um, chemistry terms uh, for our episode on the periodic table. And the feedback that we would get would sort of inform uh, what people's understanding is um, regarding uh, that science and how they talk about it in Isizulu. And as the episodes get released, uh, you get a lot of different reactions. Um, and 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 the positive thing is is that so many people are engaging with these topics um and some are positive some are negative but not negative in the sense that they don't like it uh negative in the sense that there are things that they might disagree with um because of their own understanding of the science which tells us things that we need to clarify more um and things like that so at the beginning it was just a lot of 
reactions from people interested in the project but now whenever an episode comes out or we promote it it's mm. it's 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 people who are quite engaging with the science talking about science in a way that they wouldn't otherwise uh because uh the the english itself and also how science is spoken about uh that you only hear about it at school um and it ends there now people just talk about it a, a, a lot more and we're trying to create that uh much much more and we've also just uh recently published um a paper about the podcast on the uh in the south african journal of science so that's also getting a lot of um traction as well interesting interesting to know interesting to know that there is a lot of enthusiasm around the podcast of course uh it's true to acknowledge that initiative as such who are communicating science in african language are very few um our last episode which may be interesting for you to know was actually also focused on another uh, podcaster who was also discussing science technology topics you know in Wolof 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 is one of the main languages spoken in Senegal you know and during our conversation one thing we realized uh, was that um podcast as a medium of communication was still uh, growing in francophone Africa but what is the situation in South Africa you know do you have a large audience is podcast part of the habit of the people of the community you know are they you know already familiar with you know learning or listening to podcasts you know and how does that influence you know the impact of your initiative uh, thank you very much for for that question so in South Africa for a long time um we've had this issue of um very high um internet access data prices um and for a long time people weren't really able to like watch youtube for a long time or listen to podcasts and things like that but in recent years things have been uh, much easier the government has released out of spectrum um data prices have a much more uh, generous now so there's been an uptick in 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 people listening in uh, listening to podcasts and not only are there many people listening to podcasts there's many people listening to many different podcasts so no matter how small a niche is a podcast usually gets a, a large number of um of of listeners it could be with lifestyle um it could be events all sorts of things uh but there's been a a, a dearth of um a dearth of 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 interest based podcasts such as uh around science and uh we wanted to create that niche uh, because we know that there's already people interested in science um and so it's 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 a lot of people who are quite interested in listening to 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 the podcast and they want us to produce to produce the, the the episodes uh quicker and have longer episodes because at first we started with shorter episodes uh but now people want longer ones and they always enjoy listening listening to them and participating in them so yes there's 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 a, a huge open market um in South Africa for uh for many different podcasts of all kinds um and we've slotted ourselves in our own niche um and there's a lot of interest in that so the the market is quite big and open thankfully hmm market is quite big and open very interesting to know uh, especially when uh, looking at the francophone space also then 
what other opportunities you know have you noticed are available out there when it comes to uh, sharing about uh, um, African languages through podcasting is is it a sustainable way or a sustainable practices we know that in in many of western society many are you know living out of podcasting so is it also a reality in Africa through that podcast um as a, in terms of it being a reality for people to live off of at the moment i am not so sure about the rest of the continent uh but in south africa there are a lot of podcasts but there's not much um money in it yet like you have to be a huge podcaster to um uh make some money from um sponsorships and things like that um and our podcast is still quite young um and all of us working on it at the moment are, are doing it at a, at a at a volunteer basis and we are trying to structure some deals uh in the background at the moment to try to um make some money from it but um i guess the interest would come from um or the opportunities would come from private entities i guess uh in each country willing to uh sponsor um uh, or give money to those podcasts based on maybe the impact that they're making uh for us the impact has been that um people are entertained and also educated at the same time so um it's it's a lot of previous initiatives such as this one have been um government supported in the past um but uh i'm not sure yet depending on the country if it's still the case um these days but we are hoping that we capture the intention of of the government um because there's a lot of um sponsorship um and support from from there so hopefully we continue um doing the podcast until we're able to make a living uh from it at the moment is still quite on a volunteer basis but the great thing about podcasting is that it can be incredibly cheap uh to make um um you just need someone who can edit uh and time to record these things and some nice equipment but other than that it, it product production wise it's quite cheap um so you can go for a long time um without um um payment as yet which i don't encourage because we all need to work for uh for a living but um i guess it depends on the country and the situation uh but i think there is a lot of space for growth um in in the in the podcast market uh since also there's no limit to bandwidth uh like you're not fighting for um for the airwaves or anything like that um and you can specifically target a niche um and then um grab onto that niche um and if you're able to get many people listening then you can get the sponsorships uh sponsorships that you you need so yeah interesting 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 you mentioned something key which i believe our auditor will be quite interested to know that making podcasting is quite cheap you know so in that regards we will be pleased to know what process do you traditionally follow you know to produce an episode of your podcast and you know what are the challenges that you also encounter in that process okay so our process is um is that we get together with my co-host either in person or online using certain online uh, free online tools uh, such as Zencaster 
um, or if we're able to um, get access to a studio that we can use for an hour or two, then we will. So what we do is um, we get together, we record the episode, uh, one or two episodes per session, um, and we will... So I, the way we approach it is that I am the science communicator with the scientific knowledge um, and uh, Noma Siegel, the co-host, is the professional translator. Um, and what we do is that I will explain a scientific topic to her in Isizulu. And what she will do is that she will um, try to um, come up with a, a, a new word uh, translation for or for whatever scientific term that I'm bringing through and depending on um, the success with which she's able to translate that it's a lot of back and forth discussing different topics until we get uh, very uh, close to what we will consider a, re- a very good term by the end of the episode and the way we make it is that it's very conversational um, so that anyone joining and listening in they can participate during the show by being part of like being part of the journey throughout that whole Mm -hmm. uh conversation and also at the end of the episode they can participate via social media to talk about anything they might have learned or anything that they disagree or agree with so that's the format of the show um and i personally edit the show um on software like um audacity and then we send it through to different platforms uh, such as apple podcasts uh, my other producer does that um to apple Podcasts and all the other podcasting um platforms yeah that's the process uh, basically quite interesting and i think um it has been so quite some time that you have been uh, doing this so um i believe those who are interested in also venturing into it will be very much interested what have been some of the lessons that you have learned so far? What are the things that, you know, you didn't know when you were starting, which now you are quite aware of what are the lessons or the best practices that you learned in communicating about, you know, science in Isizuru? So some of the the challenge, um, the challenges are the things that made the podcast exist in the first place. Um, I've been wanting to talk about science in my own language of Isizulu with my family and friends um, and other people, but it's difficult because the words don't exist, right? So that challenge, when I try to then speak with uh, my co-host about certain terms, um, scientific terms in Isizulu, and we try to come up with certain uh, translations for them, we realize that it, it makes for a, an interesting conversation that people can join in um, and understand because there's lots of efforts where people have been creating translations um, in African languages uh, for science, but then in the end, no one uses them because they didn't take part in their creation, right? It's a co-creation thing. So the podcast is sort of a co-creation thing that the challenge is that the words don't exist. So we try to turn it into an advantage of now that's what the podcast is going to be. That's been some of the challenges and some of the podcast specific challenges have been um, it's if if, uh, like my advice would be that uh, edit the episode as soon as you've recorded it, like on the day, if you can start doing that, like there's been times where I've waited a couple of weeks because I was busy with other things and then the editing will take forever because I wasn't doing it immediately. But um, the challenges around the translation of science 
um, and the promotion of it, like you mentioned, is that our governments uh, all over the continent have very great policy, uh, language policy in the development of these languages, but nothing much happens around it because it can be expensive and difficult to do. This podcast shows that it can be very, um, do- it's doable um just for individuals using their free time to create the, these um materials um it maybe it shows that the government can do something similar or they can put money into creating uh literature and things like that so the challenge has has been that um there's not much materials to be able to do science communication um in african languages so now as science communicators are taking part in creating the materials that we want to use for science communication. So that's been the challenge because in an ideal world, I wouldn't have to create materials such as this. I'll just be creating materials in Isizulu um, based on scientific terms that already exist in Isizulu rather than doing the work of having to create these materials in the first place. But since it's difficult to wait until these things are created, why don't we do science communication at the same time these materials are being created, co-creating it with the audiences that we wish to um, to to engage with um, in the end. So that's been the challenges and that's how we've been trying to um, um, deal with them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, um, there are many out there who may be uh, willing also to follow your steps you know, and also to probably start a podcast around their local language or around their own national language or African language. You know, what advice will you give unto them? My advice would be to trust in your audience. Um, your audience can understand science. Um, do not underestimate them. Take t- Let them take part in whatever scientific uh science communication efforts you're doing a, a lot of a lot of the problems that we have in how people understand science is that people really don't trust science because they don't understand the process of it uh but if you discuss science with people and let them know that this is what scientists do all the time this is how they learn about things it's something that you can understand the process of yourself. Like you might not understand the long words and complex jargon that they're using, but like it's quite simple across all science. Uh, so that when people are given um, science in a way, they're not just being given the results in the end. They know the process that led to those results. Because if those results t- results turn out to be wrong later on, people don't think, oh, science is wrong uh, because it keeps changing things. Like that's the nature of science, right? Like it's it's the thing that, that's unchanging about science is, is, is science is the uh, the process of science itself, the process that's always trying to verify and change results in the end. So people don't only just look at the results, uh, they see the process. That's the whole point behind the podcast that even if we change the the, 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 the terms we use in the end, the process in which we get to those terms is still valid and we want people to go with us. <clears throat> we want people to go with us on that journey uh to the end so they understand the process of the creation of those terms they can own those terms um culturally themselves so it doesn't feel like 
you as a science communicator, the person creating a podcast, you're just giving uh, people a, a, a certain terms that you've already translated. You are translating it with them. That's the only way they'll be able to remember it. That's the only way they'll be able to engage with it. So in every step of the way, my advice would be involve the audience that you intend to communicate with, that you intend to have as your listeners in your podcast. Interesting, interesting. Involve them. Wow, very interesting. And not to underestimate our audiences. Thank you so much for sharing. And now, as we are zooming towards uh, the final stage of the of the uh, podcast, we would like to know what are some of the projects you know or initiatives that you know you are working towards. To what are your plans? What what what's the long term vision? You know of this initiative. What do you hope to see five years to ten years from now? Um, the initiative that we would wish to see with the podcast is that with each new episode, we have a collection of terms that we've put, we already started putting in, uh, in, 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 in a spreadsheet that people will be later on able to access themselves. Um, if they want to learn about anything, scientific they can click on a on a term they'll see how the term is translated if they want to change it like sort of like a wikipedia sort of thing and they can also listen to a podcast so that they can see the reasoning behind uh coming up with that term um the more they learn about that term the the so that even if they disagree with the term or they they want to come up with a different term the scientific concepts behind the term will be um will be understood by them so the long-term thing would be that we get um we partner up with certain organizations in 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 south africa um so that the people working on this podcast are, are paid um not only for the time uh because i've spent time on it but so that they can spend more time um on it so that it can reach more um people out there we can produce episodes faster we can engage with audiences uh better so that's the long term um plans and also the, the very people working on the podcast um we're also working on other projects uh such as the masakane um project called um decolonize science uh, and mm. over there we're basically trying to translate um um scientific articles uh about african science into six um african languages and so that's just one of the projects that we are we are working on uh hopefully it can work hand in hand with what's happening on, on on the podcast so yeah that's the that's the big 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 um five to ten year plan that we become bigger we reach more um um audiences um with more material very interesting and i think that the fact that you are collaborating with masakane is something key because as we initially indicated in our introduction collaboration is key for increased impact so um at cabo language service we are uh, advocate for partnership and network building because we believe that you know this african proverb which says that uh, alone you can go fast but together we can go far and in helping uh, 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 um, the project Ilukuluku to go far. What are some of the tricky actions that, if done, will help your podcast and your initiative to be boosted? You know, imagine you have in front of you a panel of policymakers, a panel of investors, 
and a panel of software developers or a diverse panel, what are the top three needs that if fulfilled will help your projects to be boosted and amplified or scale up? The obvious, um, easiest uh, answer to that would be to 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 to, to give us money to produce this podcast, uh, of course. Uh, but it's also to realize that there are other similar projects in the country um, and other talented people trying to do this kind of work in the other nine um, indigenous languages in the country that um, there should be support for them to create this sort of material, um, either to continue with podcasts uh, and also to support them in uh, in newsrooms as well as they try to report on science in African languages. Uh, so what would be um, like the silver bullet, something that would really help in terms of policy and support would be to open spaces for these sorts of things to 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 happen much more um, easily, to find those other talents out there doing this kind of work, um, encourage them to do this kind of work uh, with long-term support um, so that it reaches the right people, especially like in schools um, and other places where people are interested in, in science. Because the my dream is that we will have um, textbooks, um, science textbooks that will be in Isuzulu, um, not only just for the sake of so that you can do Isuzulu science in university, like not that's probably not the case yet, but so that um, two Zulu speakers can have a conversation about something scientific if they're trying to solve their own problem without switching to, to English, right? Um, that's the big dream, uh, basically. So, yeah, that would be the silver bullet, uh, the, 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 my wish list, basically, to create platforms and support for other talented people trying to do projects such as mine um, to have that support to do it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I believe we have covered the main aspect of the initiative. So now we would like to know what will be your last word. Is there anything that we may not have touched base that you would like to, you know, emphasize on? Yeah, the big thing for me is sometimes you, in a lot of spaces, you um, you get a lot of challenges um, and doubts from certain spaces about what's the point of translating science in African languages. Um, the, the big point is that it's it's to raise awareness about the idea that science is universal and that it's unfair for um, just language to be a barrier to understanding um, such an important human concept um, of science and the knowledge that it it, it has, right? Um, and also when we think about science, we think that it's a very Western thing um, and Western people also believe that science is theirs. So that's why you have a lot of... <laughs> universities and other institutions 
only valuing knowledge if it's in English and other European languages. Um, that knowledge that's conducted in Isisul and other languages doesn't have much value, but it has value for us, uh, the speakers of this language. And we don't want our knowledge to be accepted by universities for it to be valid. It's already valid for us. And I want us um, to be able to conduct scientific thinking and new scientific concepts with our knowledge in our own language for our own benefit, not just for the benefit of those institutions to have that knowledge in their in their libraries. So the big idea behind wanting to translate science in African languages is so that Africans can do science amongst themselves. That's the big idea. Wow, beautiful. That African can talk and create new science on their own self. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Very inspiring. We hope that our auditors who are following will also, you know, uh, uh, follow and subscribe to the podcast. We are also going to add a link to it when publishing it. So we also invite those who are following this podcast to join us every Thursday for a new episode of our conversation that we are having with those who are making things happen, shakers and movers in the language tech industry in Africa. Thank you so much. On this episode, we had Mr. Simusiso with us. We wish him all the best and we look forward to further conversation with other language innovators in Africa. Thank you, Sibu Siso. Thank you very much for having me. This podcast was powered by Kabul Group. We hope you had an awesome time and gained insights. Please be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Kabul Group. Until next time, stay tuned.